Anything's possible, though, because, you know, Bitcoin is money, so, you know, money talk, man. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, powered by Cointelegraph. What began as a small experiment is now a rapidly expanding ecosystem. As citizens of the internet, we expect to be able to send money over the internet as quickly and cheaply as sending an email. As citizens of the internet, we demand transparency. Here, we talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, blockchain industries, fintech, and more. But we're not experts. We're just three guys in the Bitcoin community. And adoption is the only thing that matters. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 103. I'm your first host, Feeling Like Shit, Marcello. You're feeling like shit? What happened? I didn't know you Are you sick? Yeah, I don't feel too good. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I did not know that. Host number two, D. Man. Up in this D is coming at you live from a telephone because internet in his awesome hotel that he's currently at doesn't work. And I'm host yeah. number three, Corey. And I'm really hungover. So this is gonna be a fun conversation. This is gonna be the best one yet. How come you don't how come you throw out Dr. Petty on Block Channel, but you won't throw out Dr. Petty? I threw out Dr. Petty on Block Channel because we were talking to Zuko and the credentials seemed relevant to the conversation. Oh, have I have I publicly like said that I'm proud of both of you guys, Corey? You're a doctor, and D, you're by a you're by a lake. You're doing the damn thing. <laughs> by a lake, you mean an ocean? Then absolutely. <laughs> I am not by a body of water, so I am not doing the damn thing. Uh, yeah, man, you're doing the damn thing by getting all these jobs you're doing and False. holding it down. You're holding it down, Cello. We're just we're just three guys. <laughs> that's true no i think we all bring our own little flavor to this thing you got all your experience in marketing and graphic design Corey, of course is a science scientician yeah that's not the thing but i'm, a, I'm an academician academician <laughs> and a scientician and uh i just i guess i'm a businessman now i guess that's what you call me you say it's that a, a businessman business i'm a I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. <laughs> lazy lyric. So, uh, so before before we started recording here, D, you started talking about a bunch of shit that we should talk about. Uh, yeah. Let's let's start off with with uh, what both of you actually independently suggested we talk about the Coinbase nonsense that's happening. I I, I kind of wanted to address. Uh, the swish Joey Krug thing real quick. Oh, just you want to get into that? Like, All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, cause look, if, if I went crazy on Twitter, I don't think anybody would notice, but he went crazy on Twitter and people notice Cause I feel like he's a semi prominent figure in Bitcoin. And if people are unfamiliar with, with what's going on, he went on, uh, another show, another podcast broadcasted from a hotel room because he's afraid to stay at his own house. And he says that he's fearing for his life because the powers that be within Bitcoin are after him. Uh, so he's he's not doing too well right now. And I feel like it, it, 
it's important to bring up because of our guest today on our show. Um, and I'm going to tie this all in together, but Joey Krug, his, his quote unquote boss or the founder of the company he worked for came on right afterwards. And instead of wishing for his well being or hoping that he gets well soon, he erased him from the slack. He erased him from the company and basically, you know, did damage control and distanced himself away from Tony. And, you know, I don't want to get into a big long rant about it, but I just feel like, Firms like Dell and Google, they use coaches for young CEOs. CEOs have to act a certain way and they need to be there for their employees. And I just feel like Augur is going to collapse within itself. I don't feel like they treat their employees well. I don't feel like they conduct themselves as uh, civilized human beings on a personal and a business level. And I was just really disappointed about how that all went down. So I just want to Send well wishes out to Tony Swish, and uh, I'm just very disappointed on how it was handled. Yeah. That could be summed up in a single word of unprofessional. Yeah, highly unprofessional. Right. And the reason why the boys at Lawnmower, who are about the same age as Joey, but are just leaps and bounds more professional, is because they have... They're, they're seeking out mentors. They're seeking out people with prominent experience and life skills to help them along the way. And that's why, you, you know, they've always been really cool on the show. They've been on three times and they're, they're you know, they're winning hackathons. They're, they're progressing. Um, and I feel like it has to do with people like our guests that are on, you know, yep. like uh, Jack Tater, you know, who's, who's guiding these young boys into the future. Yep. He needs to guide them on not having a five dollar charge per month just so I could use my touch ID though. Shout out. A lot more you guys need to make that free. I'll pay for the other stuff, but I won't pay for that on principle. Anyways. Uh yeah, man, it's unfortunate what's going on with Swish, but I, I really hope that uh he's doing okay. Do we have bills to pay this this episode, or can we freestyle? Uh, yeah, I, I can always do it anytime. Feel free to uh, segue into something else. Why right. don't we do it like different this time? What if we're just like instead of doing the whole escrow my bits spill, we're just like escrow my bits, 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 and we just repeat it. You just did that. Like, oh, That's done. That was a that was a plug right there. All three of us have to do it though, and then we have to all each do it uniquely, like we're ad libbing in a rap song. So we each have 10 seconds to tell people about Escrow My Bits. Yeah, we each have 10 seconds to act like we're in, you know, like in a rap song, somebody will say something like, I got a lot of cheddar. And in the background, I got to go, that's a lot of cheese. Like, <laughs> we, each get, we each get a chance to do that. But for EscrowMyBits.com. All right. All right, cool. We'll do it later. So what <laughs> Kello and I were bringing up to everybody listening, was that um, Coinbase got pinged by the IRS. The IRS said, hey, we're Uncle Sam, and what we say goes, and we want to know all of your customer activity. I don't think they said that. I don't know the details, but I do know the IRS pinged them for some of their user data. It was like a, was like a broad sweeping request for all user yeah. transactions. They basically came in and said, we want to know everything that you do as well as your customers. Um, just kind of overreaching and some would say a 
illegal as fuck, but since it's the government, they can't be illegal, so. Uh, so they did, and then Coinbase fought back. Coinbase said, hell no, I'm not going to do that, which is obviously privacy infringement. And then the IRS took them to court, and the IRS won. They always win. They always win. So, in a nutshell, what that means is is that now Coinbase has to. It's looking like Coinbase is going to definitely have to uh, play ball. Um, but what I do know of the details, as Brian Armstrong said in a blog, is that every time Bitcoin leaves your Coinbase wallet, it is subject to capital gains. Or if you had a loss on it, you can post that loss. So if you're a highly active Bitcoin user on the Coinbase system, then you potentially have a tax headache out of the ass, aka myself. Well, on, according you know, to this uh, this Reddit post from Rosie from Coinbase, there is also a um, a tool that Coinbase provides to help with this reporting process. Well. I don't know Looks where like I will definitely get first-hand experience with that and yeah. be able to push it to our listeners. So. I think they're scared um, because I think some taxpayers, I think this came straight from the accountability office, that some taxpayers use uh, virtual economies and currencies as a way to evade taxes because transactions can be difficult to trace. And uh, many virtual currencies offer some level of... Uh, you know, you can't trace it. So you could hide taxable income, and I think they're afraid of that. There's a lot of people out there that want to fuck the tax man, and tax man don't get his money. You don't mean that in a romantic Tax man don't get his money. Corey, when he says fuck the tax man, he's not talking about playing Barry White and drinking a nice Keanu. No. 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 He's not talking about that kind of fucking. So... Um. Yeah, I mean, the tax man is going to get it. See, that's the thing. I'm not against paying taxes. I just want to assure that the taxes that I'm paying are going to things. Unlike our current government and governments throughout history that will tax you and then just say, like, oh, we've got this nice giant pile of money. We didn't really have to work hard to do it unless you consider working hard, thinking really hard and writing stuff down. Then, well, I guess that is hard work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's hard work if, if you're doing this done properly. But I don't yeah. know. Like, the, 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 yeah, we need to show up efficiencies in the government, but no shit. Like, well, but, it's but, oftentimes, Corey, the no shit responses are the things that people should be doing but aren't. Oh, I agree. You know? I agree, and that's you know that's 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 a whole different battle. Like what? Like I think the most pertinent thing to Bitcoin here is is that like the on and off ramps. This, this is going to su- probably serve as the nice. future standard of how the IRS and like the how you deal with your taxes according to Bitcoin. When with and this will spread to other on and off ramps of Bitcoin, yep. just to make sure that they can control this type of this. If people are if people are going to try and get out of paying taxes somehow or another. And cryptocurrency, as it currently stands, is probably one of the easier, better ways to do that. And yep. 
IRS is having a hard time getting a hold of that. And they're going to. And they're going to continue to try and get a hold of that because people need to pay their taxes. Like they're, 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 an account, they're a giant accounting firm. They need to have their books right. And to yep. think that they're just yeah. going to give up because it's a hard problem is the, the dumbest thing ever. I don't know. Is what Wesley Snipes did. Yeah, we see we see what happened there. You got he got got. Yep. There probably would have been a Blade legacy if he didn't get caught up with the tax man. There'd still be Blade movies. Yeah, but like, what do we? Yeah, do? he's what waiting for that Blade Four script. Yep. So does that mean Blade. that we stop using Bitcoin? Does Bitcoin stop becoming useful because of this? No, it's not what that means nah. at all. It just means that if you use Coinbase's services, you can't be lazy about the tax. Uh, repercussion that could be coming down the line. And here's a little tidbit of advice. Let me put on my wisdom cap. If you don't think the tax man's going to come and get you in 2024 for the shit that you did in 2016, as it comes to Bitcoin, you're wrong. So you might want to start building the practices now just in case tax man says, hey, all that Bitcoin shit you did back in the day, uh, we want to take a look at it. And you've got your ducks in a row. Anything that has to do with Coinbase, I would imagine. Yeah, it's gonna Other that's gonna that, screw Z-Cash, a lot of people. You Zcash, shout out to Zcash. No I'm kidding, not really though. If you don't want people to know what you're doing, you Zcash. Well, I mean, uh-huh. I, I'm kind of curious about what's gonna happen when there is anonymous transactions. But once again, you have to find a way to get those coins. And if you're gonna go through a third party service where you link your bank account. And pay your fiat money to get those coins. Guess what? That tax man's gonna be right there looking at you. I wonder how it works when you're doing currency exchange, though. Like, what if you make a living off of exchanging currency? I think I should look into that. Isn't that, like called, if, isn't if, that if, money transmitter? Yeah. Well, there's uh, there's laws. That's money of, transmission. That's different than. I don't know. Is it? Oh. I don't know. We, that's, that's something that I just feel like I just got curious about just now. If any of you guys listening. Would like me to itch, scratch that itch of how is the game played when it comes to exchanging currency and taxes, how that relation works. You could send us some information um, and then we'll pay you using escrowmybiz.com, y'all. Escrow my bids, 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 bids. Randy. <laughs> you got something coming your way. You want to escrow that shit? All right, that's a, not a bad plug. Did y'all see that coming? I did not see that coming. <laughs> I like that. I think we should do that for now. <laughs> can't fast forward our Slack. Just, yeah, sort of our Slack was like I fast forward all, like to fight. Well, I do more. That shit ain't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, just sorry. Just throw them right in the middle. Sorry, Lace. That's not gonna yeah. work. <laughs> maybe if we had contests like hey we're not gonna do ads at the front if you listen to it and you do catch the ad with this code you call you, you tweet this code you get some shit you need shit yeah. to give first <laughs> yeah that's true first we need shit so please donate and then we can get shit <laughs> and then we can give it back to the community i think that's how that works right you give yeah it back. that's that's the point um how long was how long was this interview? I feel like this is a relatively long it's interview. Long. We talked to him. It's an interview and and wrap. So that I sounds good to me. What do you think, Joe? Are we getting into the interview? Yeah. 
Bring us in. Does anybody? Yep. Yeah, so bring us All in. Right. Do the thing, Chiller. All right. So, like I was saying, man, this guy is a mentor. And if you're a young CEO and you're trying to figure out, you know, the crypto space, you're going to hire this dude. He's a man. He's not going to say, you pronounce my name like Tater Tot. You're going to pronounce it like Dictator. Rhymes with Emancipator because he's a man. And he's raised kids. And he has life experience. His <laughs> name is right. fucking grown-ass man. He's written books. Yeah, people pay to hear him talk. This is the greatest I mean, action ever. This guy is the real deal. So uh, he was nice enough to come on our show. His name is uh, Jack Tater, and uh, he's—I he, think he wrote one of the first books on Bitcoin. So he's been in the game almost as long as we have, if not longer. And uh, he helps the boys at Lawnmower, and uh, I think me and Corey—we were in on this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this was a good one. All right. Yeah, let's start simple, man. So for people who are unfamiliar with what you do, uh, you know, author, uh, advisor, like you wear many hats. For people that don't know, can you give us, a, I guess, just a general overview of, of who you are and what you do? Well, I wear many hats because I got a hell of a bald spot on the top of my head. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I've got many hats. But uh, let's see. I'm, I'm kind of probably... I'm the old guy in the audience at many of the Bitcoin conferences. Uh, I've been to many of them. Have been involved with the uh, the Bitcoin world for uh, for a pretty lengthy period of time now. I uh, uh, I've written a number of books. Uh, initially, wrote some books on retirement and finance, and uh, and also then wrote a book called "What's the Deal with Bitcoins," which uh, at the time was one of the first uh, books really talking about. Uh, Bitcoin, and I wrote that with a uh, um, young college student who was uh, doing some work with me. And I, uh, I asked him. I, I run a market research firm, and I asked him to look into Bitcoin for me. And he came back with this amazing 90-page report on Bitcoin. And he and I kind of worked on it together, and we came out with this book, "What's the Deal with Bitcoins?" And uh, it was so early in the um, in the time of Bitcoin that we knew how to buy Bitcoin. But we didn't know how to buy Bitcoin. And, uh, and so many people have said to me, if you had bought Bitcoin back then when you wrote the book, you'd be, you'd be rich. And it's probably true. But at the time, the only place to go was Mt. Gox. Difficult to get into. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've been following the, the industry since then. Uh, I've been involved uh, from the point of writing about it. Um, I write for... Uh, marketwatch.com. Um, I've written a number of articles there, kind of merging the, uh, the retirement with Bitcoin and viewing Bitcoin as an investment vehicle, uh, which I think is one of the major plays with it. Uh, I write for um, about.com. I'm the Bitcoin expert on about.com, which is now called balance.com. And then I've done work over the years for uh, the guys over at bitcoinist.net, uh, which will soon be bitcoinist.com. And um, and I've also over the time have have gotten involved with uh, uh, investing and advising a number of startups, uh, angel investing, putting together investors and and connecting people and speaking at conferences, uh, ranging ranging from New York all the way out to uh, a couple of weeks ago I was out in uh, Turkey, uh, on the Mediterranean coast there, um, and I was fortunate enough to miss. Uh, a terrorist attack by about an hour. So I'll, wow. I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere to talk about Bitcoin and uh, blockchain. So uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I don't know. 
that's exciting enough for you guys, but uh, uh, I'll do my best to make it exciting for everybody out there. Yeah, for sure. If I if I picked up your your book that you wrote, how much of that is like evergreen content, or or you do for like another book to kind of update what you wrote? Well, we certainly do for another uh, for another version of it. We we've updated it once. Uh, in fact, at this point, at this point, we, we we give it away. At this point, if you went to if you went to the site thebitcoinist.com, uh, you can download the book for free. Uh, I mean, at this point, we've we've had it out there for long enough. It's a good introduction. It is it is a bit dated. Uh, there is still a lot of uh, uh, good initial stories about Bitcoin uh, in there, and obviously, the basis of what Bitcoin is and blockchain is 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 pretty well explored in there, but you know, it, this is this is a moving target, the the entire um, story of, of Bitcoin. So that's why we've decided to just give the book away, let people read it as kind of an introduction. And uh, I think you know when we see the websites that are out there, Coin Telegraph, you know, CoinDesk, Bitcoinist. I mean, that's really what's keeping everything up to date, and 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 everything's changing on a daily basis. So. Uh, um, um, so anyone would like to get a copy of the book, just go to Bitcoinist.com. You don't even have to give me an email address or anything like that. Just download the PDF to your uh, uh, to your computer and read away. Have some fun. That's something yeah, I'm going to probably check out. Just to, I, I like reading all the different sources and trying to trying to see how people bring up this interesting new concept. And I like finding the different ways to do so because like the education of Bitcoin is one of the most important things that needs to be done and i'm very keen on like how people do it because it's very easy to be turned off by such a strange technology so quickly yeah you know it, it, it's I, I think it's very interesting right now we're we're at a point where the technology has been out there for a period of time it's growing so quickly but it hasn't been out there for that long and one of the efforts i'm actually undertaking with um, um, some partners on some websites I'm involved in is to kind of start gathering almost for a historical record uh, of, of what's happened over the last few years in Bitcoin. I, I think if you take a look at a lot of the, uh, the top articles that have been out there, if you just want to cross most of the major Bitcoin sites and you took some of the major articles and you started to compile them, you'd really be at a point where you could start to put together chronologically the history of Bitcoin, who the major players are, and all of that. And I think it's a good time to be doing it now before we really start hitting this phase where things are going to become, things are really going to take off. You're going to have so many different people in there. Uh, I mean, there's just so many characters, so many brilliant people involved with Bitcoin, and so many things that have gone on uh, with the technology that I, I think it's worth recording for a historical record you know, so in five or 10 years, 10, 15 years, when they start having Bitcoin uh, classes in universities, uh, this stuff will be looked back on a historical record for who was involved, how they were involved, and uh, and how did things happen chronologically. So That's you very much believe that we're in the infancy stage? Oh, I think so. I, I, well, we're not, you know, it's, it is still the infancy because we're... I look at it from an investment standpoint. If you look at it from an investment standpoint and you see where things have gone from the investment basis and, and cryptocurrencies and, and all of those types of things, how is this not how is this not more so in the mainstream press when you see 
cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, just crushing the returns of any other type of investment? How are they not making the mainstream press and how are people not looking at this as an investment option, as an investment vehicle? I mean, I have my own feelings on why that is. But even for the blockchain, you know, people touch on it and, and they don't really know it. And, and we're still at the early stages because this is such those people who know about this know that this is going to change things. But yet it hasn't it hasn't really permeated uh, the, the major media and, and the major talking points. And, and I think we're very, very close to that happening. Uh, you know, I, I give it another year two three years before you're going to start to see uh, places like CNBC and Bloomberg be reporting on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies on a regular basis. So whether that's the infancy or that's kind of where, you know, we're at a different stage, but we're clearly not at the point where everybody's uh, aware of this and everybody's aware of what's going on, which is, which is kind of funny given some of the returns that you could have gotten by buying Bitcoin, buying Ethereum and buying some other cryptos versus to what you would have you would have earned on stocks and, oh, and yeah. other investment vehicles for sure but you th- i mean do you think that's an that's a product of that kind of lack of education uh, it's and okay, i say over the past year we've solved a lot of the issues with on-ramping people it's like at least the, the physical barriers of like the process of obtaining bitcoins like you said when you wrote the book it was very difficult to get bitcoins you knew the process of how to do it you like theoretically understood it but actually physically doing it was much more of a task now it's long on a coinbase or you know, some other exchange buy them and hold on to them move them to your wallet do whatever you want to do the process is much much quicker which allows for this much more rapid of an on-ramping and yeah i, I yeah go yeah, ahead good sorry no 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 i agree with you i i totally agree i think it's i think it is easier you have technologies like Coinbase, you have technologies like Lawnmower, which make this very easy, almost a no-brainer to do regular regular buys of this. Uh, but it's still for people in the know who are aware of it. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's, you know, even though we write a lot about it, you guys do a lot about it, 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 it hasn't gotten out into beyond, beyond just kind of the people who, who know about this. And, and maybe that's good. Uh, because when it does give, go beyond there, then you're going to start to bring in players who are going to start to bring in very stringent regulations, who are going to start to say, how do I profit off of this? And it could potentially break what is the spirit of what Bitcoin and blockchain was created to provide. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see a world when that starts to happen, because the, kind of the introduction of a lot of this was taking the middleman out of the process to make things more efficient and thus cheaper, cheaper. But as those type of players start to come in and attempt to regulate and attempt to become those middlemen of, you know, checks and balances, if you will, that may or may not need to be there. It's going to kind of go back to the old guard or the old ways. It, it like ironically. Yeah. I'm very skeptical. Uh, and you have to remember, I'm, I'm a guy who, uh, you know, I've been a financial consultant i've been a stockbroker i've i've been in the financial industry for over 25 years um you know my first job out of school was on wall street you know i've been through all of this and and i'm very skeptical when i start to see these financial firms saying we need to embrace blockchain and banks start to say we need to embrace blockchain 
and and you wonder well why are they embracing it and they want to embrace it because they want to create efficiencies for their own business model and is that going to is that going to lead to higher profit margins for them or is it going to lead to benefits for regular people which is what the intent of bitcoin and blockchain is to to provide banking services to the unbanked to to cut out this ridiculousness uh, of paying four percent for the use of a credit card when you're a small business uh this whole you know the craziness to have to use an intermediary uh you know for, for you know i don't, I don't want to uh, throw them under the bus but you know places like western union where you want to send money back to your relatives and you're paying all of this money for transferring um, for transferring money back to them. It, that doesn't need to be there. And that's what Bitcoin and blockchain is there to do. So when companies are saying we need to embrace it, you wonder, are they embracing it to just for their own profit model or are they embracing it for the good of what it was created for? And if it's just for their own profit, that's where we're going to see some problems um, with it being accepted. I mean, one of the things I said before is, is I have my own thoughts on why this isn't being accepted um more widely accepted uh i think what what will happen is you'll start to see investment vehicles around bitcoin happen as soon as the financial service firms and the wealth management firms figure out how to make money off of this once that happens you they're going to be you're going to have etfs you're going to have mutual funds you're going to have all these things with bitcoin cryptocurrencies and everything else which is probably a good thing but it also means that those firms have figured out a way to make money off of that now that may be good for the whole infrastructure. I don't know, but I think that's the reason that we're not seeing this more more widely uh, accepted in the in investment community because these firms just have not figured out how to make money on it, and also because there's regulations. Look how long the Winklevosses have been trying to get their ETF out. There. Mm -hmm. Do you think that has to be mutually exclusive, though? I mean, can't can't can both of those worlds exist simultaneously? I would hope so. I would I would truly hope so. I I, I think that it can, uh, but I think it 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 means a little bit of a move away from from strictly profit and looking at how much money i can make off of this to how can this benefit society and 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 there this could be the technology that could lead people to figure out a way to find that middle road between making a profit and for the good of of the larger community uh, because we know that bitcoin can solve a lot of the problems out there for millions and millions of people out there. We also know that there's many companies out there that can make that happen who are motivated by profit. I mean, they're, they're companies, you know, they have shareholders and all, all of that. But if there's a way to meet in the middle with this technology, it could be a wonderful thing. Like you say, it, it could be mutually beneficial to, to many people and it can benefit society as well. And it gets implemented. I guess the real kicker is a lot of people could benefit from the blockchain and not even realize that they're using it. So like the, it could be implemented, but the awareness would still be down as well. So I don't, I don't know if I'd be on board with that. Well, you're going to have, you're going to have things that are going to be done on the blockchain and people are going to have no idea they're even using the blockchain. They're, they're not going to, they're not going to even know they're, they're using the blockchain. And, and the reality is it's, it's an amazing discovery. It's an amazing innovation, uh, the blockchain, and it can solve so many things from, from title insurance to insurance contracts to keeping records uh, of conversations that uh, that people have between them. I mean, so many different things. 
and to the point of where people aren't even going to realize they're 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 even using it. Um, but you know, there will be people who will who will make money off of that and 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 not recognize that it's a distributed network and it can't be controlled and it shouldn't be controlled. Um, so they'll have to come up with a way to figure out how to make money off of it. And I think you have some companies out there who are trying to do this and trying to, to solve this. And, and I think you'll see some solutions come along. There are some solutions that are out there already. Uh, they just have to be more widely uh, accepted and widely implemented. Uh, and they have to address some of the problems that are out there. I personally see... Sorry, go ahead, Marcello. I was just wondering, like, as of late, if there was any specific cases of, uh, I guess, developments involving the blockchain that you got excited about. You mentioned, like, uh, land title companies, and I know healthcare is starting to implement it. Have you seen anything that's, like, really jazzed you? Well, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, I was very interested in, in the company um, Factum that had, uh, that had come out. And um, I run a small publishing company, and I worked with them when they were just kind of at an early stage. And they, and one of the concerns I've always had is copyright and copyright laws. I mean, I, I come from the, from the old days when if you wanted to copyright something, you put something in an envelope and you sent it to yourself. And <laughs> that was a way to protect your copyright, believe it or not. Uh, now, companies like Factum are using the blockchain to solve copyright. So a number of years ago, uh, I put all of the books that we've published out onto the blockchain using the Factum technology uh, as a way to basically ensure uh, copyright. And I think I think we were, um, I was right behind, um, I want to say, uh, I think it was, um, I don't know if it was um, Mike Casey's book, The Age of Cryptocurrency, or uh, Nathaniel Popper's Digital Gold, but one of them was the first book to go out there and and be saved on the on the blockchain and uh right after that we came and we put all of our books out there so that's that's an amazing thing i also think that that i don't know if you guys have ever tried to um uh register trademark uh it's a convoluted system that benefits few people besides attorneys mm -hmm. there's no reason why you couldn't use the blockchain well things along those lines that do it much cheaper in, a, in an increasingly digital world, the authentication and attestation become in incredibly important. And I think what Bitcoin and blockchain really move to do is allow for everyday people to be able to do that without having to go through the hoops that lawyers make a lot of money from. And I guess that's kind of yeah, like I don't almost... Begrudge, yeah, yeah, I don't want to begrudge them making the money, but there's other ways to do it. It's, if it if it isn't necessary, then I don't I, I I don't want it to be there. And where I personally see a lot of like kind of the best ways to make money in this new I guess when this explodes, the best way to make money is to build a tool that everyone can use and then charge to teach people how to use it. It's it's very much kind of like the Microsoft way of things, where you do like blockchain as a service. Like we you can do whatever you want. It's probably going to be difficult. Why don't we teach you how to do it, which we're going to charge you for? Yeah, is that? Yeah, I, mean, I, it, and, I I think that's there's there's a yeah, and that's a fair. I mean that that seems to be a fair way to go about doing business that doesn't take advantage of too many people, but also still tips a cap to the like, you know, everything for everyone mentality, which I think a lot of people in this in this world really really got into it for. 
Well, I, I think, and you guys know this very well, I mean, I've heard your broadcast in the past and you've spoken to some of the top people out there. When you start to understand how the blockchain works, you can come up with applications quickly. I, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Just the other day, I was having a conversation with a, um, a startup company that we're considering uh, investing in, and they're very much involved in working uh, with blockchain uh, technologies for banks and for insurance. I combine that with some of the things that are going on in the financial industry, such as the Department of Labor, Labor regulations, where it's creating a real fiduciary responsibility for advisors, and it's uh, and it's making an impact on on advisors and the way they can do their business. Now, there's reasons that that came along, um, but but you could also look at the blockchain. We had this discussion the other day. You could look at the blockchain rather than a B to B, almost a B to C solution, where if people have to keep track of their conversations with their clients and track them in order to meet the new regulation of the DOL, well, one of the best places to do that is using the blockchain. Uh, so when you start to understand how the blockchain works, and like what you're saying Microsoft's doing, when you start to understand how it works, the applications are just going to come along. That People are going to recognize this is a better way of doing something that was done a different way or this is a way to solve a problem that's out there today that we never thought uh, could be handled uh, on an automated basis. So it's going to be a very exciting thing when we start to see this really take off. But I think it's going to take off when you start to see um, some companies and some uh, perhaps large um, uh, organizations start to say, here's what we have, here's what we're doing it, here's how we're doing it, we're on the blockchain. Here's how we're using the blockchain. Here's how it benefits people. And here's how we're saving money. And, and when that starts to happen and more and more people see that and, and it doesn't break, then you're going to really start to see it take off. And like you mentioned, the infancy stage. That's why I think we're at the infancy stage because we, we haven't started. We, we know these applications are out there. People are working on them. But we need to see one or two of them hit. And I think you're going to see that over the next year or so. Well, with, with speaking to that I mean, and, and talking about yeah, kind of you're how, talking about apps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, apps and, and, and large scale implementations of it. But like as from your, for, as an investor in your opinion on this, um, does it, does it matter to you? Well, what, what blockchain does this types of things? Because in order to build apps, you need tooling. You need tools and developments and infrastructure to, or platforms in order to make a proof of concept, prove something, and do it quickly. So like in terms of different, like different blockchains have different development environments or even cultures around how you build something and who's capable of building something. Like Ethereum, it's much, much easier to build a proof of concept with the blockchain than it is with Bitcoin, that they may be than a lot of other things. You just simply don't have the tooling yet. Do you see, does that play a role when you maybe advise people as to what they should invest in, how much they should invest in it, like how they, how, what the risk associated with investing these types of things is? Well, clearly, clearly you see Ethereum is, is playing a major role and, and it is, it, it, it's a, it's a technology that's built by developers for developers. I mean, you, you know, Vitalik, is a, he's a brilliant guy and he's a developer and he's built this to give people the tools to work with Ethereum. So uh, 
so there's going to be a lot of uses for for tools like ethereum to build these applications and to build on the blockchain they're not going to be the only ones i mean you're going to start to see some of these uh some of these dap um uh, you know uh, stores where where people are going to use technologies like lisk and and other places to develop applications that that people will start to say wow this is an amazing application it'll get widespread use and then all of a sudden it, it it's almost like it came out of nowhere mm-hmm. but there's there's a um there's a technology tool that they're using to create this uh and it could come from something like a lisk like a uh ico or or some of these smaller companies that are trying to build kind of a wrapper for for all of these other distributed applications that are out there so it's I, when we look at invest, when we look at investing in things, we don't, we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves and say, you know, come on in here if you're dealing with Ethereum, don't come and talk to us if you're dealing with something else that's been unproven, because um, there's enough tools out there that can that can utilize the blockchain and utilize technology. It's so much from an investment standpoint. It's so much around the idea, but even more than the idea, it's around the team that's involved how dedicated they are i I mean it 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 goes into anything else any other way that you would invest in startups whether it was the internet or whatever it's so much about the team and how well they work together how driven they are how intelligent they are but also how how good is their idea and how widespread could their idea um be utilized Uh, because right now i think there's a lot of tools out there that can be utilized to exploit uh, the blockchain technology. It doesn't just have to be Ethereum, uh, although I think they have a leg up, uh, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to just be them. But I guess now is a good time to bring up, uh, you know, Patrick, Alex, and Peter. Um, I I know that you were advising them. They they filled the niche of the spare change, but then they changed their model of their platform. I think about a year ago, and then they moved from like Cali to New York and refocused the brand. How much? influence did you have on those decisions as an advisor uh for for, for giving up the spare change idea uh, uh yeah, i wasn't sure if you were an advisor to them during their old model and then maybe you know you had some influence for them to change it to the new model or you got on board when they got rid of the spare change and focused more on on what they have now well i'll share with you i'll share with you a very interesting story uh about them i um i have a i have a, a son who's in college uh, who was never a big believer in bitcoin um, he's a technology guy. He's he's not a big believer in Bitcoin, and I often and often when I'm driving him up to school or or driving him wherever we sit in the car, he's a captive audience, and I talk to him about different investment ideas uh, that pose themselves to me. And I mentioned to him that I had a choice of a number of different investment options, and one of them was related to lawnmower. And he was like I said, he was never a big fan of Bitcoin. But what he said to me, he he said, he said, you've got to go with lawnmower. Um, not because they're Bitcoin, but because they're easy to use. And, and it was because of their spare change uh, technology. Uh, so so that was, for, for me, that was a reason to look at them. Uh, I will say the, uh, the guys made the decision to move away from the spare change without my advice. Um, but I think it was a, a brilliant and a brave move on their part. I mean, it's not often that you get a company that has achieved some success with the technology and they look at it from a strategic standpoint and they say you know what this may work for us now but in the long run where we see this going 
it's a hindrance. So they made a brave move. They had to convince me and they had to convince some of the other uh, investors. But the, ultimately they did. And I think it's allowed them to expand their application and make their application even bigger and even more large scale. And, and I think it was a very brave move to move away from that. And I know that they got a lot of criticism from their users. Uh, in fact, they went out and even did a video explaining it to their users hmm. as a way to, to get to their community and say, this is why we did it. Uh, and I think it was very brave on their part. And I think ultimately it showed their, their business acumen in, in saying, here's our strategy. This was something that, that we're doing. It could hold us back from where we want to get to. And it's always something they can bring back. It's always something they can do later on. But it didn't fit within their plan. So it was, I think it was a brave move. I think it showed a lot about the business. Um, and I think what they've created since then is, is much larger, much more, much more powerful, and much more geared towards long-term success uh, than, than that original uh, spare change, which I think was a little bit of a niche. Uh, and their, and their, their whole application, is, it's, it looks great. It's easy to use. Um, and it really has become the go-to application for so many people who are viewing cryptos as an investment option for them. And, and, I, and I, I give them a lot of credit for doing that because they had to convince me, they had to convince the investors, and I think ultimately it was the right move. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll personally say that as these tokens start to proliferate and we tokenize most protocols, um, keeping track of these digital assets is becoming is becomes an issue and then also performing analytics on those assets is an issue so having a place where you can do that uh is a great place to be as, as a company and i think lawnmower did a really good job of setting their foot down like i guess digging in at the right time to to have some like a little bit of market experience and understanding when this starts to happen, they're going to be there and understand all the problems before other people start to jump on ship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it also gave them a way to expand beyond just, just Bitcoin and mm -hmm. get into these cryptocurrencies. And, and, you know, the reality is you guys know this. Um, there are a lot of great cryptos out there and there are even more lousy cryptos. Oh yeah. Out there Thousands. Oh yeah. That people should not even, put their money into and look at. And I think you need tools out there for the good of the good of the whole ecosystem. You need tools out there that help people, the regular investor. It, it's almost like self-governing self and, and, and self-monitoring this so that we don't have to worry about getting all this regulation. If we can put tools in place that allow people to make wise decisions, to, to make educated decisions about which crypto is is good and which crypto has a future and which crypto you should put money into and which one isn't then i think that helps the whole ecosystem and and it also it also benefits um ability for people to say to view it as an investment option so i think they're i think they're playing a big part there by putting putting all this out there uh i think one of the one of the things that they've done that's been great is they've created this blockchain index as a way to to notify people that there are other cryptos out there besides Bitcoin and Ethereum that should be taken a look at. And so, and, and, and potentially there is, there is a need for people to not just invest in Bitcoin and Ethereum, but almost create a portfolio of others out there as well, uh, which I think the, you know, the normal blockchain index is going to get. Sorry about that. My dog is going nuts. Right. He agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty enthusiastic. It's dinner time, yeah. so she just goes nuts. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. Well, 
Well, uh, given what you just said and being an expert on retirement, I, I got to ask how how Bitcoin can aid in that. Should I just buy 20 Bitcoin or like you say, do my due diligence and find the appropriate crypto to invest in and just sit on it for 30 years and, and, and hope for the best? Is that one route I can go? Well, I, I, I don't know about that. I, I do <laughs> think that I do think that every 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 investor is different for a younger investor. You know, maybe that's a smart thing to do, but. Uh, I, I think you've got to remember how I came into looking at um, Bitcoin as an investment. I was writing on retirement for uh, for Marketplace, and and I always have viewed, like I mentioned, I'm a financial professional in my past, so I'd always viewed prudent asset allocation as really the secret for people. You know, to allo- proper asset allocation, uh, profit portfolio mix, and what you've seen over the last probably the last eight years since 2008, you've seen more and more people and more and more of the investment firms start to say, you've got to go into alternative investments in addition to stocks and bonds. Right. And, um, and so it's, it's proliferated people's portfolios. I mean, if you talk to a financial advisor today, they'll say, oh, you need to put some money into an alternative investment. Well, what's in it? Well, don't worry about it. It's, it's kind of like a hedge fund. It's like this. It's like that. Maybe it's got some gold. Maybe it's got some this or whatever. Um, but it's become a place that people have put money. So my thinking was, well, if, if, if we should be putting money into alternative investments, why can't we consider Bitcoin as an alternative investment? So if, if advisors and finance, the financial firms are saying you should put you know, 5 to 10 even 20%, some of the wealth management firms are saying put 20% in alternative investments, then then I consider Bitcoin at this point an alternative investment. I know my friend Chris Berniski views it as its own asset class, but if you view it as uh, an alternative investment, I want to put some of that into my portfolios. So at the time when I was writing these articles and exploring this, at the time, uh, Barry Silber and his... Uh, his organization was putting together the, Bit- the Bitcoin Investment Trust, which at the time was only available for accredited investors, but you could buy into it and you could actually put it into a retirement account. So I started to write about that. Barry was good enough to give me some carte blanche in terms of you know talking to everybody over there and, and following this through. And it was and at the time it was the only way that you could put Bitcoin into your retirement account. So I made an investment with my own money. I put twenty-five thousand dollars into it of my own money. And I wrote about it over a course of a number of years. Uh, and I think MarketWatch said that the article that I wrote where uh, about a year, I think it was about six months, six, seven months after doing it, where I wrote that I had lost half of my investment uh, in this, uh, I think they said they had gotten the most comments of any article. And I don't think, I don't think anyone's ever been called uh, an idiot or jerk um, in, on the internet <laughs> as much as I was. Oh, wow. Uh... When I wrote that article, about yeah, that, that, losing was, half of it. that was something that I kind of wanted to address. Is this as an investment strategy? How do you how do you make metrics for risk associated with cryptocurrencies? Because that's something you always have to think about. And risk profiles of these types of assets is is a, is a slippery slope. I, I, I'd imagine. Well, it certainly is. It certainly is. It's gotten better now. I mean, and I I talked about this recently when I was out in Turkey at a uh, at a conference where. Where I think you've started, you're starting to see that uh, Bitcoin, for instance, 
is is maturing at this point. And when I say maturing, I mean that when you start to look at um, technical analysis, and you know, there's two ways that you evaluate every investment: it's fundamental analysis and technical analysis. Um, and when you look at technical analysis, you know, you can look at things like Ethereum and some of these cryptos, and they go way up and way down, and they never form they never form these these peaks and valleys, the support and resistance and all of these things that go into a mature investment that you can basically say now's the right time to go into it uh, or from a risk perspective, this is, you know, this, this is the risk I'm taking here. Now you're starting to see that with Bitcoin, that Bitcoin is maturing and is starting to fall in line um, with, uh, within these, these trading ranges. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there is some program trading going on in places like China and things of that nature. So so it has matured to a place where you can kind of make some decisions to buy and sell that are almost similar to how decisions you would make to buy and sell stocks like IBM. But at the time I made it and I made the investment, that was tough. That was tough to do for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, because the Bitcoin Investment Trust was set up in such a way that it was it was buying one tenth of it was tracking one tenth of the value of Bitcoin, and it ultimately became a ETF. And when it becomes an ETF, uh, the underlying asset value of it has almost nothing to do with the price. So if you go right now, and right now that Bitcoin Investment Trust is trading uh, as an ETF, and it trades right now at I think today it was about a hundred dollars a share. Well, the price of Bitcoin, I think today was $740 or something like that. So legitimately, the underlying asset value of that is $74, but yet it trades at $100 because it trades on the market. So it's to me, that's showing the interest that people have. They're paying such a premium, a 30, 30% plus premium to buy that to the underlying asset value to buy that because that's the, that's one of the few places that the average investor can invest in Bitcoin and have it in their portfolio, legitimately have it in their portfolio. And from an asset allocation um, standpoint, say this portion is in my alternative investment sleeve, which should be, you know, five to 10%. If you go beyond that, then you're running into risks. Um, uh, you know, that just goes beyond prudent asset allocation. But as I wrote in my articles, if you, if you do it from a five to 10% area, you're just you're using alternative investments. And the fact that it's trading at such a high uh, premium just shows that there's a real hunger on the part of investors to buy these types of things. Yeah, that's really interesting. That that, that sums up kind of what I, would, what I was curious about really, really well. And uh, I think if I had to if I wanted to sum that down or uh, compress that into the most smallest possible way, let's uh, let's wrap it up with the, the last question. And, and can you describe ten, uh, Bitcoin in 10 words or less? Bitcoin in ten words or less. Uh, you know, I probably I probably have done that a number of different times, but I would say um, Bitcoin is a digital currency that can solve many of the problems of society and also benefit you as an investment vehicle as well. All right. I don't know if that's ten words. But, Definitely uh, over ten words, but it's it's about as. That's all right. You know. Well, it's. <laughs> Yeah, we've 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 had we've gone from like single word answers to novels. So yeah, <laughs> you're, you're I, I really enjoy trying to make people 
uh, say how they feel about the technology and what it is in the most in the smallest amount of words because you get to the underlying, I guess I wouldn't say motivation, but understanding of that person and the technology. Well, I think I think Bitcoin. The, the, the thing with Bitcoin, I you know I view it as an investment uh, because I think that that's that's a way that a lot of people are going to get involved in it. But the real beauty of it is that it solves so many problems. I, my daughter was in Kenya over the summer. And, and I heard from her on how the people over there view Bitcoin and I think it's BitPesa as a way for them to transfer money and for them to bank in the unbanked, uh, for the unbanked, that is just an amazing, an amazing way to use this technology that I think is, is probably, probably the major reason um, why it was created. It's, it's an amazing invention, but it can benefit so many people. And I, and I think that's the beauty of it. I would definitely agree with everything you just said. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, thanks again. Thanks again for coming on the show. We greatly appreciate it, and uh, it's we hope to have you back sometime when uh, when when, yeah, when love- we uh, make a bunch of investments love- and make a bunch of money off of it. We'd like to have you back and, and buy you a beer. Oh, <laughs> oh well, that's. If podcasts, if they ever become an investable product, give us a holler and we'll try and make you money. <laughs> why, don't you guys, why don't you guys come up with a podcast coin or something, you know? We'll figure something out. We'll pitch it to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, you know, but I, I'd love to come back. I think what you guys are, you know, doing is great. Uh, and I also just, I'll, I'll leave you with one thing. I, I said at an investment um, conference recently over the summer, I, I said, and I still stick by this, I said, in three to five years, Every financial professional, every financial manager will have to become aware of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in order to discuss it with their clients. So I, I honestly believe three to five years, this is going to be something that you're going to see on, an, on E-Trade, Schwab, uh, and investment platforms where people are going to start to say, how do we invest in this? And when that happens, I think it's all going to blossom and you're going to basically see the start to realize the promise that, that people have said about blockchain and Bitcoin. Um, going forward, we'll still be here during that yep. time, and that's a future Hopefully. we look forward to seeing, and, and as well. Yep, yep. Well, thanks very much, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. Thank you, sir.